From iHeartRadio, The Don, the definitive 24-episode podcast series on the producer of Flashdance, Beverly Hills Cop, and Top Gun, the maverick, Don Simpson. Don lived for the movies, and tragically, he died for them. The L.A. coroner proclaimed Don's body to be the most toxic corpse in the history of California autopsy. Season one takes you inside the nefarious circumstances surrounding Don's death. Listen to the podcast series, The Don, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and good morning. Happy Sunday, or is it Sunday fun day? I get them all mixed up. Good morning, folks. Thanks for tuning in. It's Sunday, January 17th. Can you believe that? As I said yesterday, six more weeks. Spring is in the air. Zach, good morning. How are you this morning? Very good. Alive and ready to rock and roll with you. Man, oh, man, you are the best. How many New York football teams are there, Zach? Only one that matters. Go Bills. Go Bills. Good game, huh? Actually, a couple good games yesterday. I've been not watching a whole lot of football all season, Zach, but I did tune into um the early game, and, you know, I had to get up bright and early for, for, for the show, so I'd never watched the end of the game, but in the middle of the night, I, I caught it, you know, streaming. So pretty nice. um pretty nice for the Buffalo Bills. What's it been, 25 years? They haven't been to the AFC Championship since 1993 season. Holy moly, that's even longer than 25 years. I'm sure you're going to talk about this on your radio show today, aren't you? Going to be my headline right at 11 a.m., Fox Sports 980 and 95.9 FM. I tell you, Zach, you have such a comforting voice. Folks, if you want to listen to Zach yourself, call in. The phone lines today, 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever, give me a call. I'd love to get you pointed in the right direction. Remember, you get one opportunity to retire, one. That's it. And you can't blow it. If you blow it, you can't go back and make up for it. So you want to make sure that everything you're doing is you're doing it right. And I promise, you may not like my answer. I promise it'll be from my heart and it'll be with the 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 most prudent professional opinion I can give you. 1-800-825-5949. We have our first, not caller of the day. Actually, Angie Gavin, my client concierge, bright and early. 721-09. And we had a, a gentleman um, email a question to... <laughs> to our website, which Angie picked up. I'm telling you, folks, I have an amazing team that I'm surrounded by. Amazing. Their loyalty, commitment to the firm, to me, I I can't begin to tell you how blessed I am. But anyway, we do have a call, um, caller question via email, so however you want to describe that. Can you please discuss preferreds? What is their job? in a retirement portfolio, strictly yield question mark. How do they correlate to a bond like, you know, a bond index? And what is the best vehicle for investing in preferreds? And, you know, basically, in, in, in a nutshell, preferred securities, they're, they're a type of investment that basically offer higher yields than traditional fixed income securities. U.S. Treasuries or any other corporate-grade bonds, um, graded corporate bonds, preferred securities are sometimes considered 
by investors looking for more income. Ironically, I talked about it yesterday. We consider preferreds an alternative asset. That doesn't mean there's not risk. There is risk that comes with all of our investments. Even in bonds, there's risk, folks. When you see the yield of the U.S. 10-year Treasury note go, you know, last year we hovered. It was as low as 0.5, hovered around 0.7 in the latter part of the year, and here we are. It's almost 1.1. When that yield goes up, the price of the bond goes down. There's an inverse relationship there. The same with preferred securities. When you see preferred securities go up, you're going to see the price of those those securities go down. It's an inverse relationship. So, if you want to look at any loss of principal is risk, then there's risk in bonds, there's risk in preferreds, there's risks in everything. You have to define the risk and be comfortable with the amount of risk you're willing to take. So yesterday I used as an example our growth and income strategy, 60-40, 60% targeted to stocks, 40% targeted to fixed income, bonds, alternative assets, and cash. We can use a blend of all three. Our clients know this. Right now, we don't have any alternative assets, but we're we're doing our due diligence, thinking about adding them into the portfolio. I'm not sure which ones we're looking at preferreds. We like financials. Financials came out with some good earnings this week. We feel comfortable with that long-term with financials. And believe me, last year, it wasn't the place to be, but we always look forward and we invested I think in November we started investing in financials that's when we in overweight actually financials and overweight technology even more than we had and two good two two good calls on our part but preferreds are an alternative asset other types of alternative assets REITs real estate investment trust you could have master limited partnerships dividend paying stocks and you know they're especially preferred it could be a hybrid you know there's there's good and bad you got characteristics of both stocks and bonds in there and it, when they're issued and usually they're issued at like $25 it's called a fixed par value they pay dividends based on a percentage of that par and just like bonds which also make fixed payments remember if you buy a U.S. 10-year Treasury note today, you're guaranteed 1.1% almost year in, year out for the next 10 years, and then you get your money back, your principal, the amount of the bond that, that you bought. That's how bonds work. That's how preferreds work. Um, so with, 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 with preferreds, you, when you trade them, they could be down depending on, on where interest rates are. Bonds, if you hold them, you're going to get your money back. One of the best vehicles to invest in preferreds, obviously, we believe in exchange-traded funds, ETFs. We manage $730 million, mostly in ETFs. We have one mutual fund. It's a bond mutual fund that, that we like. It's a global bond fund managed by DFA last year that was up almost eight and a half percent. It has a yield of 1.3%, but there was a lot of capital appreciation in there. So we actually made money for our clients in that holding. And that's what we try to do is make sure that we spread the risk. So with the preferred, you know, the 
buying one preferred security isn't really what we would recommend. We would recommend an ETF where you get a basket of the one of the most popular is the iShares preferred income securities. The symbol is P is in preferred FF. And it's, you know, it's it's been around for 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 a long time. There's a lot of money invested in it. Um, when 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 you break it down and you look at at the ETF remember an ETF is a pool of investments right now that's yielding the SEC yield is 5.39% it has about 19 billion dollars in it the 12 month yield is 4.8% so that's a whole lot better than getting 1.1% in a US 10 year treasury note isn't it and if you look at the internal expense ratio because every mutual fund every annuity every exchange traded fund has internal management fees 0.46 percent and last year you know it was up almost eight percent this year so far down 1.14 percent and that's because interest rates have gone up remember the value of the bonds go down the value of preferred securities go down so all in all that's really what a preferred security is we appreciate the call whether it comes in via phone or email we will answer it our phone numbers today 1-800-TALK-WGY 1-800-825-5949 Zach let me clear my throat let's take a 15 second break don't go anywhere folks Man, oh man, I love the music, Zach. Thank you. Folks, thank you for tuning in on this Sunday morning. I truly appreciate it. Every Saturday at noon, Sunday mornings at 8, we try to give back to the community as best we can. I know last week Marty was on Sunday morning. He did a great job. I listened to the show. Go to our website, Insights and Perspective section. You can listen to past shows. And I listened to the show. And Marty did a, a, a great job. So, um... If I'm not here, you're in good hands. Believe me, you're in good hands. And I just needed to wet my whistle. I got a nice little Starbucks coffee this morning. Dark roast because I like a full-bodied coffee. And it's um, just what I needed. Our phone lines are open. 1-800-825-5949. Let's start off the morning with Joe in Saratoga. Hello, Joe. Good morning. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um I'm uh, retired um, uh, a couple of years now, and I'm concerned about the uh, amount of money that we're going to be printing uh, uh, over the next few years. And I'm wondering, what do you think of Bitcoin as a hedge investment? You know, it's I, I've been waiting for somebody to ask this question, Joe. Because it's on everybody's mind, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. I mean, man, oh, man, if you were lucky enough to get into Bitcoin last year, you made some money. You know, I think at the beginning of the year, it was somewhere around $6,000 a share. And here we are as, as we sit here, you know, it went all, all the way up and over $40,000 a share. And within, you know, Bitcoin doesn't correct. When you think about the correction we had in the stock market back beginning on February 19th, three weeks it took to go down 34%. Well, with Bitcoin, those corrections last like three minutes. 
you could see it go down from 40,000 to 30,000 and back up to 35,000. And that's kind of the roller coaster ride we, we had. Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is really, truly, you have to understand it and you have to be really diligent about buying into it. You just can't buy an ETF that invests in Bitcoin. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. You know, you go back to 2013, one way to buy Bitcoin, literally, believe it or not, yeah, especially in New York City, you, you, you would go down to Union Square in lower Manhattan and there would be buyers and sellers. You got cash down there. You brought your phone. You punched in some codes. You would transfer the digital money. And man, oh, man, that's how you bought Bitcoin. Now, those were the days. Now it's a little now it's really a little bit more um, sophisticated and complex. I know there was a story this week because you need a password. And if you forget that password, you lose it. There was a gentleman who invested in Bitcoin. He's got over $200 million of value. You get 10 attempts at your passcode. If you hit that 10th attempt and it's not the right passcode, poof, it disappears. And this guy's on his eighth attempt he's got two more to go he can't figure out the password he could lose a lot of money so as you can see it's not for you know there's a lot of risk in this and i heard you say you retired a couple of years ago congratulations with that being said you want to be you want to be careful investing in bitcoin hopefully hopefully we'll see a etf come out soon there are some vehicles out there they're like gray scale has a bitcoin trust fund and basically, it's a security created by Grayscale Investments. It consists entirely of Bitcoin. It's structured as a private placement. SEC rules allow investors to sell the trust on the public markets six months after buying it. So you have to hold on to it for six months. It trades under the, there's a symbol, G, B as in boy, T, C. And it can be bought in most brokerage accounts. But you're not, you know, it's like buying ETFs that are pegged to oil. You're not going to follow the exact price movement of Bitcoin. And you're going to pay a premium. And there's going to be a spread. So you have to be careful. So that's one way of going. And if you have $100,000 or more, there's actually a, a, a nice hedge fund out there. And they they started trading Bitcoin back in 2013. Since then, it's up 27,000%, 27,000% Pantera fund. And it's basically a hedge fund. You need $100,000 to get in. So you get the picture, Joe. There's no easy way to buy Bitcoin. It's not like buying gold putting it under your mattress and, you know, you get a lumpy night's sleep, but you know you have that gold under your mattress. You can't do that with Bitcoin. When you buy it, you're buying uh, something that's out there in space. And it's not like you're going to bring it to Stewart's or Market 32 and say, hey, I have some Bitcoin. I want to buy some milk and bread today. It ain't happening. So there's my take right. on Bitcoin. You have to be careful. Now, a lot of people are looking at it as a hedge. We know that this government has printed money like there's no tomorrow, like drunken sailors spending money in a port of call. There's more money being printed for good reasons in 2020 to keep the economy afloat. Remember, this global pandemic was not the cause of businesses doing something wrong. Hard workers, you know, falling asleep on a job. People lost their jobs. Businesses are going out of business because of a pandemic, a global pandemic. So governments around the world, including our government, we, we, our 
good old country printed trillions of dollars itself. Now our debt is approaching $30 trillion. That's a lot of money. We have to be careful of it. So people are looking at Bitcoin as a hedge. Gold is a hedge. There's some other hedge uh, that you can buy. Because inflation, more than likely, Joe, will rear its ugly head. We just don't know when. Long answer, long-winded right. answer, but there's just no easy way to buy Bitcoin. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, Joe, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for calling and stay safe, stay healthy. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. I wish there was an easy way to buy Bitcoin. There just, there, there just isn't. You know, it's not like you, you know, the good old days, seven years ago, right, 2013. Imagine when Bitcoin was brand new, you were down there in Union Square. Hey, I'll, I'll take $100 of Bitcoin. Well, man be a rich person right now 1-800-825-5949 we have josh and troy hello josh hey steve how you doing good morning good morning to you i'm doing well on this cloudy gray skied sunday morning in northeast new york absolutely i'm, I'm right there with you and uh so i haven't been able to call in for a while life got real busy there but uh, i looked at the time and i said maybe i got a chance to to talk with my friend Steve. It's what we call an open window, Josh. Absolutely. Now, uh, my question for you is, and this is probably something maybe you, you hear a lot of people asking about. So um, we're pretty much outside of our real estate holdings, probably about 90, I don't know, 95-ish percent of our equity holdings are just in, you know, broad-based ETFs, total stock market, so on and so forth. Um, you know, last year, we don't really like picking individual stocks, but like so many others, you know, we, we put a little money, uh, the sandbox money, as you call it, in Tesla, did very well, cashed out, and actually uh, that was a, a big chunk of our funding, our Roth IRA this year. So we want, we like to have, you know, call it 2 to 3% in, we'll call it, other holdings. So we actually... We decided to, to take a position in ARC, and I'd love to get your thoughts both on ARC as well as Kathy Wood from a, from a fund manager, as a fellow fund manager, just your thoughts on the holding and then the fund manager herself. Yeah, so, you know, ARC is, there's a lot of innovation there, and they're actually pretty cool investments. We're actually looking at them. We haven't invested our clients' money in now in any yet. Josh, but we're actually looking at it. So, one, let me let me just say, don't be afraid of of adding in a couple individual stocks here or there. Every once in a while, we do it as well. And if you buy a good company, you hold on to it. We just feel that being a overall stock picker, you can't outperform the market. So your core holdings being in ETFs for you and your wife is really a prudent way to have your money invested. And, you know, I call that sandbox account. I We have a client. He's a great guy. And, and that's what, you know, that's what we call it, the sandbox account. And we have a couple clients that want us to open up sandbox accounts because they want to play. They know we're managing the core part of the portfolio and the ETFs is the way to go. But when you look at ARC, and, and it's a great, great theme, they invest in, like, different areas of, of, of what's going on, in, innovating, um, you know, industries and technology, and I like them. 
I like them a lot. As I said, we're, we're actually looking at it. We're looking to bring some alternative assets into the mix, underweight some bonds as interest rates start to creep up a little bit, not because the Fed is raising them. The Fed said they're not raising interest rates anytime too soon. It's just market um, market movement. So um, ARC is good. Is she, you know, they're, they're, they're good managers there. I, you know, I, I have no problem with you adding ARC into your mix. Well, that's good to know. I mean, we, like I said, we're heavily pretty much broad-based in, uh, you know, uh, total stock market. We have a position in QQQ, and that was kind of like we want broad-based. We liked exposure to QQQ. We kind of weighed the pros and cons of that in VGT. So we got some allocation there. And then, yeah, there was just that other, you know, 2 to 3%. We we're like, you know what? And, and you know, quote-unquote risky, but we're like, well, you know, it, it, it's 2 to 3% of our holdings. And we like that it's a, we really didn't like the volatility of a single stock like Tesla. Yes, it did very well, but we like we like the quote unquote risk, but it's diversified. Yes, ten point six percent of ARC is is Tesla, ironically, but we like that it's right. it's almost like diversified risk, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. That's the beauty about buying an investment like that. You could, you know, I always say consumer discretionary. You know, if you're afraid of, of, of investing in, um, in Amazon, you can buy the consumer discretionary sector of the S&P. The, there's actually an a ETF, XLY. 23% yeah, of it we, is Amazon, 16% is Tesla. So if you want those two companies, believe it or not, Tesla is considered a consumer discretionary by, in the eyes of the S&P. I still wonder, is it is it a car company, a battery company, a rocket ship company, a technology company? I still get confused. What is Tesla? But you hit a home run last year. Good for you. boy. But, um, it, yeah, you know, that's the best way to go. We have XLY in our raw. Good, good, good. No, we're, we're actually, I'm, I'm looking to, to add some more consumer discretionary in, into the mix because we think as we, and we are exiting this dark cloud that we're under, this god darn COVID-19 time capsule. Spring is in the air. I started out the show saying that, and I truly mean that. We're getting jabbed in the arm with vaccines. People are starting to feel that, man, oh, man, if I get the vaccine, I won't be so much at risk. The warm weather will be coming in six short weeks, seven short weeks. We'll start to, you know, go back to some sort of normalcy. I don't think we'll ever be 100% normal. Go back a year ago. I don't think we're living our lives like that again. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. We think the consumer will feel good. Hopefully, we'll put people back to work. Hopefully, the stimulus package will come up, and that'll go into people who need it, especially the lower-paid workers who were the ones most affected. And that's good news. Hey, Josh, I got to let you go. Um, I know you live in historic downtown Troy, where our office is. And speaking of an open window, Josh, look at the windows on the carriage house. They went in this week. Give me your opinion. 1-800-825-5949. 1-800-825-5949. I'm going to take a two-minute break for the news, folks. Stay with us. Give us a call. Here I am. Hello. Thank you for holding through the news. Thank you for tuning in, folks, on this Sunday morning. 
Sunday fun day. I think that's the saying. I hope you enjoy your Sunday, but I truly appreciate you tuning in. I try to give back to the community as much as I can, and doing the radio is one way that I do it because I try to help those that are out there that may not know what direction to go in. Maybe they're getting bad advice from their current advisor, and there's a lot of advisors out there that are more interested in selling investments rather than truly acting as a It's been more than a year since the pandemic turned healthcare upside down. I'm Jody Lesh. Join me for Ahead in Health, where we explore the questions that matter most about the future of healthcare. Listen to Ahead in Health wherever you get your podcasts. At ADP, we work with more than 860,000 companies worldwide. That gives us a pretty good idea of how to help businesses grow stronger. Whether it's through data insights that help you make informed decisions about building a team that works better as a team. Or by keeping you ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. Like building that better team. Grow stronger with ADP. HR talent, time, and payroll. Sherry, we're a fiduciary. My firm is a fiduciary. So I've been in business 30 years. I've been a fiduciary for 27 years, since 1993, almost 28 years I've been a fiduciary. And that means we put our clients' interests first and foremost before anybody else's. And I'm, I'm proud to say, you know, 100% of my my family's money is invested like our clients, along with Marty, Shields, and Ryan. Their money is invested just like our clients. Firms can't say that, folks. I'm telling you, you know, Marty Ryan and I, we all have our money invested like our clients. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have a little sandbox account. I do. You know, it's okay to buy a stock here or there. We do that for clients. But for the most part, we're managing the core investments on behalf of our clients. And we do a pretty good job. The caller before the news, Josh, brought up that his two top holdings is the broad stock market index and because he listens to the show he added the nasdaq and those are our two top holdings and last year with dividends the s p was up 18.4 percent the broad stock market index was actually up almost 20 percent because there was some small cap in there and small caps actually um you know did 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 okay at the at the end of the year so we were we were happy to say mid cap small caps outperformed large caps so that's one reason why we use the broad stock market index and nasdaq you know i've been overweight nasdaq folks for since before the great recession which which ended in 2009 you know 12 12 years ago i've been overweight nasdaq nasdaq's been a core position equally weighted with the broad stock market index. And last year, 2020, NASDAQ was up 44%. But when you buy QQQ, the triple Qs, you're buying 104 companies. They call it NASDAQ 100, but believe it or not, there's actually 104 companies in there. Why? You know, you got Google has two class shares. You know, you, there's an exception here or there. It's like the S&P 500. You would think there's 500 stocks in the S&P. There's 505 companies in the S&P. Tesla now is part of the S&P. So can you imagine if if Tesla was in the S&P last year? It just joined, I think, on, on December 21st, Christmas week. But if Tesla was in the S&P before then, holy moly, 
S&P would have been up even more so. But our, our NASDAQ, the QQQ last year was up almost 48%. Not bad, folks. Not bad at all. So that's how we manage money. We put a lot of thought into it. And as I said, um, my investment team and I were all invested right alongside with our clients. We're proud to say we can look them in the eye and say, hey, our money's invested just like yours will be. And they like that. Not many firms can do that. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. So, you know, let me just spend a minute or two on consumer discretionary stocks. As I said, you can buy XLY. There's 11 sectors that, that comprise the S&P 500 index, and you can carve out you know, sectors that you like, like right now we're overweight technology and financial and we're thinking about adding some consumer discretionary because we feel good about the consumer. We think, we think when we exit this ugly time capsule that we're in that has affected people in so many ways, when they start feeling good about their future, when hopefully businesses start to, you know, regain some of the business they lost, the businesses that went out of business, hopefully, hopefully they'll find a way. I would love to see the government help them get back in business. Remember, the especially the mom and pop businesses, folks, they make up the the majority of the private sector jobs that are out there, and you need them to stay healthy. You know, I said yesterday, you could order something from Target or Walmart, and they're going to have curbside delivery. But folks, there's a lot of small mom and pop independently owned businesses locally right here that are doing the same thing you can get on their website you can pull up curbside valet services i'm i'm all for that i'm not sure i'm ever going into a mall again there's no reason to except to see a movie i love going to see the movies and i miss going to see the movies Although my two favorite movie theaters is Bowtie in Saratoga and Spectrum 8 in Albany. And they're kind of independently, um, there's no mall to walk in. I don't want to walk through a mall anymore to see a movie. Sorry, just I got used to not having to go into a mall. And I'm not sure I'm going back. Why, 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 why do we need to go back? I can, I can call my favorite haberdasher. I can call, you know, this shop, that shop, and they're going to run it out to my car. If I don't like it, I'll go back the next day and drop it off. They run out to my car and pick it up. It's a beautiful thing. So consumer discretionary is consumer makes up almost 70% of the economy. The stimulus checks is so important. Not for the people who don't need it. There's gonna be a lot of people getting checks. They don't need it. I wish the government could find a way of just filtering it to the people who need it. Mostly the lower paid folks out there, the people that work their darn butt off on our behalf, and they're not being paid much at all. Minimum wage, most of these jobs, and these are the jobs that have been lost the most. These people have lost more jobs than any other part of the workforce. So these are the people that need need these stimulus checks. I'd rather see them get more. And, you know, does somebody, you know, making $100,000 need a stimulus check? Absolutely not. 
Does somebody who lost their job that has a family and can't put food on the table need a stimulus check? Absolutely. One of the stops I made over the holidays was to the regional Northeast Food Bank to drop off a contribution. Marty's on their board, actually. And it was important because, you know, they do so much. And these food banks around the country have been so overwhelmed and, and busy. But there's a lot of people that can't put food on their table. So as we exit the time capsule, as people get the vaccines, as businesses start to creep back up, Hopefully we can start getting more people back to work. I think there's still 10, 11 trillion people out of work. It was as much as 22, I'm not trillion. I'm thinking of the deficit, million, million, million with an M, not trillion with a T. Um, 22 million back in April lost their jobs because of this global pandemic. No fault of the business owner or the worker. It was a global pandemic. That's why people lost their jobs. That's why the government felt the need to print money. And they printed a lot of money, trillions of dollars. And we're still printing it because we have to, we have to take care of our people. But as I said, I would love to find a way of getting it to the people who need it the most. So I feel good about the consumer. I feel good about the economy. And I feel good about stocks. I always feel good about stocks. Even even in the Great Recession, I felt good about stocks. I know the stock market wasn't going to go to zero. I know that stocks go up. I know for sure that stocks go down. It's a roller coaster ride. Stocks always go back to make all-time highs. You got to remember that. So for 2021, you know, we're hoping that it's a better year than 2020. By summer, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we're, you know, our, our hands won't be so raw from the hand sanitizer. You get the picture. Goldman Sachs is pretty upbeat. It says that 70% of the people in developed markets will be vaccinated by this fall. I hope they are right. And, you know, Governor Cuomo, take a, you know, listen to this because I know we're a little bit slow here in New York. So um, we need to get people vaccinated ASAP like by the end of the day, we need to get as many people vaccinated as we can. We we can vaccinate, and when you look at the at the S and P 500 index, I think I think if things go well, we're we're going to do well. And consumer discretionary is a sector that that should do well. You know, when you think last year, Walmart companies like Walmart, Costco, wholesale, they were actually moved to the consumer staple sector, not consumer discretionary because you would think that it would be, but they actually, the S&P looks at these companies as staples. People need to go to Walmart and Costco. And then you have Amazon, Home Depot. They're still part of the consumer discretionary sector. And I mean, heck, Amazon last year was up 76%, Home Depot 21%, Tesla was added to the S&P in December. So that means they had to squeeze it into one of the sectors. What sector did they squeeze it into? Consumer discretionary. As I said, if you buy XLY, 23% is Amazon, 16% is Tesla. Home Depot makes up 8%, McDonald's 5%, Nike almost 5%, Starbucks 4%. As I sip on my Starbucks coffee, um, you get you you get the picture, and then you look at a company like Walt Disney. Walt Disney is a media company, a media company. Um, you put it all together: Amazon, Tesla, and Home Depot now make up about 54% of the S&P consumer discretionary sector. Add in 
Lowe's and McDonald's, and 62% is held by five companies, 62%. So you don't have to go out and buy Amazon, Tesla, Home Depot if you like those companies. You can buy XLY and have pretty good representation and spread the risk if you like that, that this you know discretionary area and when you think about it you know because some people may say hey these stocks have gone sky high they have gone sky high and they're at you know rich valuations so another way of buying into consumer discretionary is to look at the smaller companies the companies that aren't so much in the s p 500 but they're in the next thousand companies if you break down the 15 largest companies you have the s p 500 which is obviously the big boys and then you have the 400 index mid caps and 600 index being small cap and there's a there's a etf called the small cap consumer discretionary p is in peter s c d and this is a way where you can get into holdings like yeti five below el polo loco gentex holdings that maybe you're not as familiar with but they are very very tied into consumer discretionary so that's how we look at investments and we really spend a lot of time looking at investments in that manner and that's how really a lot of investors should do it 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever, folks, give us a call. The phone lines are open. So as I said, with dividends, the S&P was up last year about 18.4%, NASDAQ 44%, and NASDAQ 100 up almost 48%. Not bad. And you hear me talk often, you know, you may have a portfolio where where you think that your guy or gal is pretty, you know, hot stuff because they're buying and selling stocks. And I always say, ask what your return was and measure it to a benchmark or the stock market index. Get a measurement. Get a feel for whether or not you did well or not. Just get a feel for it. Because a lot of times you may love, you know, hey, my clients, I tell them all the time, and, and we can pinpoint, Apollo just did a, a nice chart for me. I can pinpoint it to, to the umpteenth degree. Even though we don't buy and sell individual stocks, every once in a while we'll add an individual stock or two or three, but for the most part, we're investing in ETFs. But I tell my clients, your top holding is Apple. If you break down the stock portion of your portfolio, 4.4% is invested in Apple, 3.75% in Microsoft, 2.35% in Amazon, 1% Tesla, 1% Facebook. Then you have Johnson & Johnson, Berkshire Hathaway, Visa, Procter Gamble, J.P. Morgan Chase. Not bad companies. Those are our top 10 companies. I can show my client that. So even though we're not buying those individual stocks, they own these stocks and they own them in a big way. Why don't we buy individual stocks? Because 65 to 85% of the time, stock pickers cannot outperform their respective benchmark. Let me give out the phone numbers, 1-800-825-5949. If you have a question, please call, interrupt me, 1-800-825-5949. So stock pickers, 65 to 85% of the time, cannot outperform their respective benchmark. Barron's just did their their, um, roundtable. 
basically they pick one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten stock pickers, ten top rated stock pickers, ten. And at the beginning of the year, they have them give, you know, their 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 most favorite five, six, seven, eight stocks for the year. All right. Now hold on to the seat of your pants, folks. Sit down. Grab that cup of Joe. I'm going to give. I'm. I'm going to really put it in perspective. Why, if you have a stockbroker buying and selling stocks, you need to know just how brilliant or not brilliant were they. So these are the top, the cream of the crop, top of the heap in the fish business. Top of the heap means if a fishing boat goes out, you know the bottom of the heap is the first day of fishing. The second day is added on to the first day. Top of the heap is the last day, the freshest fish there is. I learned that, obviously, at a seafood restaurant. But the first stock picker picked five stocks. Three out of the five outperformed the S&P, 60% ratio. The next one, 66%. Sounds good, right? You want to put your money in individual stocks with these stock pickers' hands? The next guy, 50%, four out of eight stocks outperformed the market. You could have bought that boring old S&P 500 index, and, and these guys could, could not even outperform that. Now it gets better. This guy's brilliant. Scott Black picked five holdings. None of them, 0% outperformed the S&P. Abby Joseph, she's been around a long time, right? Pick six stocks. One out of the six outperformed the S&P, 16% rate. The next guy, one out of seven. The next guy, two out of four, 50%. Mario Gabelli, been around forever, right? Humorous, entertainer, like most of the, you know, they're not journalists on a lot of these financial shows. They're entertainers. You know the show I'm talking about. Mario Gabelli. Picked nine holdings. Only two of the nine outperformed the S&P. Two out of the nine, 22%. One of his holdings was down 17%. Another four, another 19, another 15%, another 8%. Down, negative. Not even in positive territory. The next guy, one out of five, 20% return. And then the last one, this young lady, zero, zero. None of her holdings outperformed the S&P, 0%. Folks, you, it, it's hard to buy and sell stocks. This is why we put a lot of thought. Listen, I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this since 1987. I've seen a lot. And right now I'm surrounded by a pretty dynamic team. And we don't always agree, which is the beauty about having such a dynamic team. Because we talk, debate, we get passionate and that's okay you know i'm very competitive i want our clients to make money with the least amount of risk now that doesn't mean there's no risk absolutely there has to be risk if you want to make money but our clients know that which is why we take two years worth of what they need put it off to the side and they know that when that next correction when that next bear market when the next recession hits we have them covered we have two years before Really, we have to worry about it affecting their financial life. We have that baked into the cake. It's built into the model. So we protect our clients, and I'm proud of that. 
very proud of that. I've been doing that forever, protecting our clients. Angela says he's been with me 23 years. She saw me way back when. She knows how much I protect my clients, and I'll continue to protect them. You know, not everybody gets it. Believe me, not everybody gets it. And, you know, in this business, I get it, and I pay close attention to what's right. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. Any questions, give me a call. Any questions whatsoever. So, you know, we had a down week this week in the market. That's okay. You know, there's a lot on our plate, right? The craziness of how we started out the first week, two weeks of 2021. You can't make some of this stuff up. We're, we're heading into the inauguration on Wednesday, and hopefully all will go well. Hopefully we'll have peace and quiet and some civility um, throughout the country, and we'll, we'll do the right thing. Hopefully, hopefully we can make up for, for some, um, you know, some ugly moments in our, in our lifetime. And at the end of the day, folks, the one thing the stock markets were concerned about was the Democrats having the White House, the Congress, and Senate. Well, market seems to digest it okay. And that's where we're at. The Democrats are really, you know, in charge of, of, of the country. But they have to do what's right for the country. I don't think we're going to wake up on the 21st and be in a communist state of mind. I really don't. You know, there's going to be policies that go this way, that way. The market will take it all in. Remember, political events are just that, political events. The market, you know, nobody thought the market would go up if the Democrats won the White House. Well, the markets did go up. And not only did they win the White House, but they won the Congress and now the Senate. And, you know, we'll, we'll be okay. The market, the stocks, trade on the fundamentals. The economy, corporate earnings, jobs, workers making money, that's really what the stock market looks at. And we're optimistic that 2021 can be good. We really, really think that it can be good. Let me take a little breather and go back to the phone lines. We have Dave in Utica. Hello, Dave. Hey, good morning, Stephen. Nice to hear you again. I got a, well, thank my you. question is, oh, go ahead. I'm glad, I'm glad you're happy to hear that. <laughs> um, hey, listen, if the they told years, you you couldn't hear me because of other reasons, I'd, you know, you know, well, I guess I wouldn't be disappointed. I'd be dead. So I'm glad that you get to hear me, Dave. <laughs> I appreciate that comment. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I'm glad you could hear me too. Um, you know, you talk about your two-year security fund that you should have. Um, where's a good place to invest your two-year security fund? Yeah, so, you know, we, we, we used to actually have it a little bit in, you know, in what we call a very conservative uh, lifestyle fund. That means that we had stocks and bonds. Now, for the most part, we're in a short-term bond fund because we're just kind of watching things. We're, we're being very careful. You're not making a whole lot of money. Our clients aren't making a whole lot of money, but they're also not going to lose money. It's a, it's a conservative place to be. And when that next stock market crash happens, our, our clients don't get nervous. You know, people always say, your phone must be ringing off the hook. And I say, you know what? Our clients hardly ever call us. 
you know, we take so much time to teach them, educate them, and make sure that we protect them. That our clients, when 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 you know what hits the fan, our clients don't they don't get nervous. They don't call us because they know we have them covered, and we're we're proud of that. So a conservative area. This way, when that stock market crashes, you don't have to worry about it affecting your overall financial. Um, stability during retirement. Dave, great, great question. Thank you. Folks, we're coming up to the end of the show. I can't believe it. Another great hour with you, and I truly enjoy it. People say, do you ever get tired of coming in and doing the radio? I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not, especially when I have, you know, Marty and, and Ryan to help me with the radio. It's a beautiful thing. So I get a break here and there, but I do love doing the radio. It's my way of giving back, and I hope that I can help you. If you want more information about our firm, go to our website, Boucher.com, B as in boy, O-U-C-H-E-Y. And we have offices in Saratoga Springs, historic downtown Troy. Stay safe, stay healthy, folks. Come back next week. Thank you for listening. Worried about mom or dad falling? The Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health helps make their home safer, even if you can't be there. Symphony works with voice activation or a care button they can opt to wear, along with smart sensors for coverage around the home. With 24-7 emergency response and an app to tie it all together, you can monitor your loved one's well-being for enhanced peace of mind. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub.